Hi, and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. This is our uh, first time recording a new episode since our launch. Woo! Yay! Yeah, the response has been honestly pretty overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I really just want to say a big thank you to anyone who's out there listening right now. Thank you. Thank you all. Yes, very appreciative that Mm -hmm. anybody wants to listen to our obnoxious ranting about (laughs) this show. Yeah, did you guys expect, how how many downloads, like, were you expecting? Like, were you expecting anything? Like, 50 in a week. Yeah, that's about what I was expecting. Yeah. And at the moment, we're at 135. 135, yeah. 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 So. In less than a week, so it's been amazing. Yes, in less than a week. Just absolutely floored. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants to hear us talk in real life, so the fact that <laughs> yeah. these many people have downloaded and then came back to download yeah. more than one yeah, episode. Yeah, for real. No, like, in person, like, I try and talk about anything I'm interested in, and people are like, oh, Jasper, that fucking dyke, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. My sister, my older sister in real life kept telling me, like, can you do a podcast about something interesting? Then maybe I'd listen. <laughs> and I adore her. She's very honest. But I'm so happy <laughs> and pleasantly surprised after this to find out how many people have. Yeah, I feel you. Most of the people I've told that I'm recording a podcast have been like, oh, that's nice. So how's the rest of your day going? <laughs> like oh just zero interest from the beginning. So it's, yeah, nice to get all this support. Mm-hmm. It's been online. amazing. Yes. And I think this is what episode... 11. 11. So I'm excited to see like where our journey has taken us by then. Yeah, yeah by the time this episode airs, hopefully mm-hmm. we'll have some consistent listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you are, if for some reason this is your first episode listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're, we'd love to have you here. And um, if there's any episodes of Supernatural like that you've already recorded, please go back and give it a listen. We mm-hmm. think we're funny and entertaining, so mm-hmm. we'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> okay. As long as you're not my sister. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Tuesdays. Yeah. Fuck you, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Tuesdays two a.m. That's when mm-hmm. we air. So if you hear that, Nicole, that's when you need to go on a download. (laughs) (laughs) Today's episode is season one, episode 11, Scarecrow, the one where the boys destroy the local economy. This episode was written by John Sheban and Patrick Sean Smith and directed by Kim Manners. It originally aired on January 10th, 2006. I am just going to say I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I kind of feel Me like too. this episode hit the beats really well. And mm-hmm. this should kind of be like the standard for like what they try and aim for with future episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a really good balance of thematic layering, like a narrative that makes sense. Yeah. Like yes. as an isolated episode. And also there's really good um, like character movement mm-hmm. throughout. It felt like this was like the all-American folk story that they've messed up 10 times over. Yeah. And we finally get a good version. And I think the fact that it's in, this episode is set in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. in a small town, and it's very autumnal, is there's just so, like something so quintessentially like American, but Midwest in particular about it. It's that whole small. Minus the accent some of the characters have. 
Oh, yeah. That was not a Midwest accent. That was like a fake Wisconsin. (laughs) Ah, we forgive them. It's fine. It's fine. And I think, you know, what's funny about this, that we're praising this episode so much, is that uh, this was actually the first episode that I ever saw. Oh, really? The first one. Yeah, sitting in the basement of my best friend's house in probably Mm -hmm. like 2009. And as I said, when we recorded episode one, I was like, wow, this is the stupidest fucking show (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. And now here I am in the year of our Lord, 2021. (laughs) And I'm like, this episode is really well constructed. The Lord of Vayner. (laughs) Vayner. (laughs) Don't. Stop saying Vayner. But weirdly, they do get the Midwest accent right on that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you know that Vayner. Vayner. (laughs) Uh, That's not what we sound like here. (laughs) If you go and sacrifice yourself, we'll give you some nice warm apple pie. Served straight by Hillary Clinton. Oh my god, the Hillary Clinton. I could not get over the aunt in this episode. Yeah. They were, I wanted to shout, just leave them alone, Hillary. Just leave them alone. <laughs> there were so many like um knockoffs of familiar <laughs> yes. faces. Like the second couple that mm-hmm. gets sucked in that Dean eventually saves straight up looked like a knockoff nick wilson and maggie gyllenhaal and i was just like what they also did something to that actor that they usually try and stay away from in tv they like definitely did not give him the tom cruise treatment because in that first scene they're all standing on like this (laughs) like high um sidewalk and then he's like a foot below them and he looks like he's four feet tall in one scene what are you talking about i know it's such a weird thing to notice but go back and watch it there is the first time he is talking to the staff at that diner they are all standing on like a concrete platform and he's like asking them who is dean not dean the The actor who dies in the beginning oh oh in the in the cold open vince vince okay yeah. yeah, he did. He did. Also, like Dean looks like a little baby twink compared to this girl. <laughs> He's so cute in this episode. Were? I'm breaking down. <laughs> his pants were huge. The in scarecrow this or Dean? Dean. Oh, well, the scarecrow too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the scarecrow is giving me major Hookman vibes. I feel like yeah. they just saved the Hookman's costume, and they were like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Here's the Hookman in better lighting. It's so funny because, like, when we were talking about doing season one, I genuinely did not remember these are two separate episodes <laughs> i thought it was one monster and i saw this like yeah. four months ago it's funny that you say that because same yeah it I, just feels the I, same i literally forgot about the Hookman mm-hmm. episode existing well like they didn't need to style both of them like rob zombie <laughs> like, unnecessary i love all the stitching on his face because if anyone sews you know how long it takes to stitch like to make a scarecrow you're not gonna be it would just take so long you just take an old one piece of burlap yeah. and mm-hmm. sling it over that's a lot of work that went into well, that plus this is like an ancient spirit like mm-hmm. residing in this like i don't the scarecrow i think should have been more traditional looking i feel like that would have been a little better for me but i like the camp of this big we'll come back to that five yeah because he is a little traditional in some ways we'll get to it though okay yeah. i'm excited um so talking about vince earlier though and this is probably gonna go over your head jordan but mm-hmm. ali did you notice his horrible shirt 
What was on it? It was like a white shirt with this like red somewhere in between like a floral and like a paisley mm, yes. pattern. And it had um, like red accent mm-hmm. stitching and like a, a red layer underneath like the button line. And I swear to God, there it's either the exact same fucking shirt <laughs> or they just have a really similar one. Uh, in season two, it's one of Sam's. I knew it would be horrible Sam. Horrible button downs oh, that he Lord. has. It's, it looks exactly like that horrible red and white paisley mm-hmm. Sam bad shirt button down. And I, I just was like, oh my God, it's here. It's I was, here. I was too busy looking at his bad tribal tattoo that they kept showing repeatedly. Oh, yeah. Which does, it fits early 2000s so oh, well. Yeah. We all know those douchebags. I will say, um, this was a really good cold open, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, they did really good to build an atmosphere. Like, they used the music, the setting, just to really make you feel at home. To, like, like it felt, yeah, like you had said earlier, like, quintessential Midwest. Yeah. Like, they built that very well until, and then we, of course, their very obvious product placement car broke down. <laughs> Um, I didn't even notice that. Oh, I did. I immediately did. What is with this show and having like cars in it that are intended for the gays, but giving them to straight people? Yeah. Fuck, fuck y'all. Maybe that's why they died. This episode was like a kill the straighties episode. So until the end, well, they didn't kill Dean, so I guess it was. He's not straight, Jordan. (laughs) Well, that's that's why he didn't die. Mm -hmm. That might be the good point. So, yeah, so we get to the orchard there. And then, I yeah, hate so the orchard. Nice, you what? I hate the orchard. I thought it was really sparse looking. It just looks like a set. Yeah. It looks like a set, but it looks like every Pinterest picture I see in the fall from girls I went to college with. It yeah. looks like a set for a school play. Yeah, mm. it does. So my problem <laughs> with it is, like I had said earlier, the tree's really sparse, but also they had talked about an abandoned house, which they mm-hmm. never show. Never but show. But in one scene, you can see it in the distance. Yeah. And it has massive studio lighting. <laughs> oh my that, God. Like, really, I thought like, yeah, we were on a set at that yeah. point. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think so, another thing that really breaks the immersion and mm-hmm. makes me feel like, oh, this is a set is the fact that they had like the perfectly stacked like, um, baskets of apples and little hay bales like scattered around at the bottom of the the trees like every Mm -hmm. apple was like perfectly placed to just tumble out just so especially like it doesn't make sense in the context of this episode for two reasons for one that's where their sacred tree is so like i don't want anyone coming in and fucking with that for two this is a place of guilt where they're like we try not we ignore it we close Mm. our doors we try not to go near it sure so then you're gonna have like these perfectly manicured little baskets like you know it looks like somewhere you would bring your family every sunday to do a little apple picking photo op for facebook or pinterest Pinterest. as the only person here i found out and so offended by who has gone it's not my fault we will change this next year but um it does look a lot like the apple farms i went to growing up and the only thing that i thought was off is the amount of ladders because those ladders are expensive as fuck ladders and there are just a lot of them and just in the middle of the night and like couldn't she have tripped over that rather than like her own 
foot or whatever the hell she trips over. But she's like feminine and in danger and my ankle. Yeah. Us women in our weak ankles. Oh, Glad I don't have that problem. Falls on <laughs> Vince's face, Edie. <gasps> oh, that reminded me of this early 2000s film. I have no idea what it was, but um, someone dips someone else's face in a deep fryer and the skin comes off. Oh my God, that sounds so familiar. And I have no idea what it was. It was so such a random, I think it was Donnie Darko 2 maybe actually. Interesting. There's a Donnie Darko 2. It's yeah, not good. Well, then it does not exist <laughs> in my brain. That's what it looked like because it looked like they just yeah. took the skin off his face. Well, they did. Yeah. I, I loved that. I love that they only showed it for a second <laughs> so that you couldn't really focus on it too much. But again, practical effects yes. look yeah. way better than computer generated. It's true. We did not need anything in the beginning. Computer edited. Also, Holly's horror scream. Mwah. A plus. Good. good job, Holly. I also nailed it and her scream panting yeah her, like running panting oh and like screamed. the the um scooting backwards mm-hmm. on her butt thing after she fell over she definitely was the best open actress we've mm-hmm. had thus yeah far. yeah way better than some of the other ones way better and you all know what i'm gonna say after the cold open is we get both we get I both. was like, Jordan's gonna love this. <laughs> we get both. They are asleep to be awoken by a phone call. Whoa! <laughs> Who would have thought? Take a shot. It happened. A <laughs> uh, shot of sanity is what I need. What did you think about that whole phone call scene, Jordan? <sighs> I actually thought it was... This was a great scene. This was probably one of the better scenes we've gotten in the show mm-hmm. so far. Because um, I don't like that it... um kind of humanize their dad a little bit because I've mm. already decided I dislike him. <laughs> As so, you should. Yeah, anytime... Is his name John? Yeah. Yes. Okay, anytime John is on the screen, like, I expect to just hate him in the show to make me want to hate him because mm. I'm petty like that. But we got a lot of development from Dean and Sam in this episode. We got a lot mm-hmm. of character development over the phone in general in this series, I am noticing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of shows, like, what type of actors they both are, too, because we yeah. get a lot of through Sam's character a lot of dialogue and then Dean we get a lot of characterization without him saying anything in this scene until the end too yeah mm-hmm. and then when he does talk it's pretty impactful like immediately he's taking the order I think it's interesting that you felt like this was a scene where we're meant to understand and mm-hmm. sympathize with John so because I like, even if I take off my red-tinted John Winchester rage goggles, <laughs> he's calm, and he's not unaffectionate. But as soon as he feels like he's not being listened mm. to, then it's like, like, immediately he's harsh. I completely agree. The only thing um, that I kind of saw was um, there did seem to feel like some kind of air of duress with Mm, him. mm -hmm. Like, there seems to almost be like a mystical thing. Like, I cannot tell you what's going on or else more so than like even just uh, I don't want you running into danger Mm -hmm. type thing. That was like my only thing is like, oh, there might be a reason that he's doing this that isn't purely selfish. Yeah. No, of course. That's kind of what I got from the scene. But oh no, he sucks. He's an asshole. (laughs) I... This scene, I know I should have been paying more attention to that, but all I can think with Sam sleeping in his shirt, <laughs> I'm sure he's someone who sleeps in socks, and it weirds yes! me out. That fucker. Yeah, compared to Dean's, like, only his boxes. His starfish that he does. Yeah. Really, yeah. I'm surprised he was even under the blankets. <laughs> yeah. He seems like a blanket thrower. 
Pillow biter. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> I think we've already had the Dean as a bottom discourse, right? I won't go more into it. We don't need to do that now. No. We can talk we about that. We don't need that. to argue fact. We can talk about That's that That's true. I, but yeah, talking about um, Dean in that scene, though, mm-hmm. I, I love how he is so quiet the whole mm. time. And he's just yes. got his arm out. He's mm-hmm. like, give me, give me, give me, give yeah. me, give me the phone. He's much more emotional than Sam is. Mm-hmm. Sam is very, like, direct and, like, okay, we have questions on the phone where mm-hmm. Dean is, like, freaking out until he gets the phone. And then he's all, yes, sir. And it shows kind of, like, how they both handled the abuse of their father. Yeah. Because Sam is very much like, I'm going to question everything. There is no mm-hmm. ounce of trust here. Correct. And then Dean has like that militant kind of like, I can't question. It's not my place. I've mm-hmm. been beaten down to where I don't. Mm-hmm. And when Sam starts like speaking, quote unquote, like out of turn, even though it's not. Right. Um, Their dad immediately says, stop following me and do your job. Yeah. And that, it feels so much like that parental abuse um, yeah. of like, I'm going to tell you what you need to do in your life and controlling yeah. um, by proxy. Especially yeah. Especially because this isn't even a job. Yes. Right. Like, Motherfuckers aren't getting paid. No. <laughs> like. This is all goodwill. Um, Guys, they're getting paid in wet, awkward kisses. Ugh, specifically. That's just the one that stands out in my head. Yeah. Jordan, I love that you um, brought up Dean's absolute trust Mm. in John. Because when they get into the fight in the car, Sam and Dean, Sam refers to it as blind faith. Mm. And I I love that they use that there because um, since they're talking about the phone call and Dean being on the phone with John, I immediately think again to the episode where they're in Lawrence Mm. and Dean is trying to call John. But he's just sort of like sending his thoughts and his concern out into the ether, almost as if in prayer. But when compared to this phone mm-hmm. interaction it's just like it's so different i don't know yeah. i i just feel like there's some there's some god allegory going yes, on absolutely. there like between like the yep i'm gonna do what i'm told no matter what and mm-hmm. like the i have faith that you're listening to me mm-hmm. when i'm sending you this phone call oh my god are they gonna be like a reincarnation of cain and abel so many shows like this do that oh my goodness let's not get into okay, yeah let's let's just focus on the episode jordan Oh, so yeah, in the car, Sam, we've seen this a few times where he's like, forget this mission our dad is sending on. Like, let's just go find our dad. Like, Mm -hmm. we have a clue. And then Dean's like, no, this is what he told us to do. He has a good reason. And we even get the line of like, Mm -hmm. Dean is like, why are you always questioning Mm -hmm. him? And then he makes the comment, yeah, it's called being a good son. Mm, Right. It kind of shows kind of the Stockholm syndrome I think that Dean has. My poor, my poor baby. <laughs> and Sam has such a good point there because um, Dean's like shouting, like, I understand. I've been through this. And Sam's like, dude, mom's been dead for ages. Just died six months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, don't tell me you understand this trauma. Yeah, because he, he doesn't. He no. doesn't quite get it. Mm-mm. I think that's kind of like the root of their problem is mm-hmm. they both seem to have expectations for each other, but then they never vocalize those <laughs> expectations. And, right. And then they lash out. And instead. then they lash out. Yes. 
been a running, a constant theme. I'm telling you, the third person in the backseat just needs to be a therapist. <laughs> I'm sticking with this. Yeah, very qualified one. For real. <laughs> I think it's interesting after that scene how, like, hurt and upset Dean is. Mm-hmm. And they show him going through his phone contacts first. Whereas um, Sam is just like, well, okay, bye. And then, like, seems recovered pretty quickly from it. Like, he's very confident in his decision to skedaddle. And, you know, he does think eventually, like, oh, I should call Dean and let him know that I got to the bus station Mm -hmm. or whatever. But then he, he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, and plus, like, there's some comments that Dean makes in this episode where I'm like, as viewers... Is this something we've witnessed and we're supposed to agree with? Or is this, like, mm. Dean kind of how he sees his brother? Because he makes the, like, comments about, like, if my brother was here, his puppy dog eyes would melt your hearts mm-hmm. immediately and you would tell me everything or something like that. I'm like, yeah. I've never gotten that read from Sam when he's been in the show. And that mm-hmm. might not be the show's fault completely. Maybe I just have not picked yeah, that up. Yeah, I think they're referring to when um, Sam does his, I'm speaking softly, this is my psychologist <laughs> voice. Yes. And he he puts on a I'm being nice to you face. I do really like that scene, though, because mm-hmm. even before Dean makes that comment, it's very clear that he's, like, pushing it. He's com- mm-hmm. He's coming off a little strong, and he does seem off his game, and then he calls attention to it, which makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's an interesting moment. Speaking of dialogue, highlight of the episode, dude, you fugly. Yes. yes. I love that they fit that in there. It's so funny. I don't I don't think I've heard anyone say that in real life ever, even in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. Oh, that was so big when I was in middle school. It yeah, really I think big. the only time I ever heard it was in Mean Girls. Mm. Yeah. Or in reference to Mean Girls. I like it because my theory about the show um, is that we just get the censored version and in real life, Dean would be cussing like every third word. Oh, yeah. Of um, course. So I think it, it matches. There, They just yeah. censored a little more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I've kind of wondered, um, we had talked about like their like mm-hmm. kind of personas or different roles they take. Yeah. In this episode, when he was talking to um, the mechanic. Oh, yeah, on the porch. Yeah, on the porch. Um, and that's when he gave, like, his Led, Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have, like, an ode to that. But I'm always like, can he just say he's a private investigator? Or, like, Ooh. you know what? Actually get your private investigator's license. Literally, yeah. I was just talking to someone about this earlier. Yeah, because it's a little weird when he's just like, oh, I'm just interested. Yeah. Like, well, he did say that they were his friends. Friends, True. yes. <clears throat> But I don't know, it'd be an easy excuse for why they're in town a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. And it would be much um, safer than posing as law enforcement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which they do constantly, which is extremely inadvisable. Extremely illegal. Yes. Don't do that and don't pose as mailmen. Super illegal. Oh, I didn't know that was. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they're like um, part of our government. Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. super illegal to pretend to be a male person. Interesting talking about that i love i love that stupid remark he makes to that guy who's like you've got a smile that lights up the room or whatever and and then he's like never mind (laughs) it's just so weird this is how i read it Mm -hmm. i don't know how it was intended to come off and i don't know that it matters because (laughs) now that it exists in a real space Mm -hmm. and people interact with it 
that's more what matters. But to me, it comes off as him trying to do the thing he does with women in other episodes Mm -hmm. when he's like doing the shit-eating grin, like I'm trying to be charming so that you'll tell me more stuff. Like, I want you to be more forthcoming, so I'm going to be Mm. flirty. But then the guy is just, like, completely (laughs) stone-faced. See, I almost took it as what he would be telling Sam as a joke as they walk away. Um, But because he doesn't have that audience, he still needs to get out that comic relief. And without his partner there, like, even though it's not a healthy thing, like, he needs to fill that void. Right. Aw. I like that reading a lot, though, because that's very very ADHD. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the text does support a mm-hmm. reading of him as being neurodivergent and mm-hmm. specifically ADHD. So I like that, Ali. Although oh, thank you. I like mine better. <laughs> <laughs> Story of this podcast. <laughs> Allie, you have such interesting thoughts. But mine are the right ones. Oh my god. <laughs> So after this, um, we get Sam meeting Meg. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Meg, Jordan? Um, Well, mostly I just, her egregious outfit, (laughs) which I figured you all had a lot of opinions about as well. Which one? Because she has two. Okay. So the first one, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily 2005. It even felt a little more dated than that. Like she had, well, maybe not, but she had like that Jersey Shore green jacket on with like the big tribal symbol that was so big there mostly because those clothes were really cheap at the time Mm -hmm. right and then she had like the the big necklace with the big shell on it Mm. just a lot of different things going on she had like layered necklaces yes she did which i actually i like that me too i I also i like her hair in this me too yeah um she looks like tinkerbell yeah, she does. And she has very, very pretty big brown eyes. Mm-hmm. This is a really hard episode for me <laughs> and my lack of immunity to pretty lady. Every woman in this episode, except for knockoff Hillary Clinton, is just like fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It hurts me. It's All okay. I can think of with Hillary Clinton now is Misha writing fanfic about <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> so, so it feels a little more candid. My head this whole episode just kept going chilling in Burkittsville, Indiana. <laughs> what the fuck kind of name is Burkittsville anyway? <laughs> is that even a real place? I don't know. I don't care. Okay, but her Meg's outfit. Meg's outfit. Yeah. Let's stay on track here, guys. Her other one. With the zip up and bomber jacket. I don't know. I was thinking of when she's like having beers and snacks with Mm. Sam and she has like that long sleeve black lace shirt on, but it's off one shoulder and there's like the the spaghetti strap sticking Mm. out, but it still has the layered necklaces from earlier and she's got like the flared jeans and the Mm -hmm. like three or four inch boot heel going on. Mm. I love that outfit. Was I love it, it. Was it supposed to be assumed that that, sh- I think that shirt was poking out of her original outfit, like under the green jacket. I didn't notice that before. Mm-hmm. I think the first time they met, she was wearing like a, she was wearing like a couple of shirts mm-hmm. that were layered, like a white tank and some other stuff. I will say um, with Meg's characterization too, if it wasn't for the scene at the end where she was like doing the demonic finger mm-hmm. swirly cup thing, <laughs> I actually would have been a little annoyed with her character. Yeah. Just because it would have been a very on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that she was like 
manipulating mm-hmm. to try and get this out of Sam. I was like, yeah. oh, thank God, that's much better storytelling. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Finally got a woman with some agency. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about um, a little bit of the acting in this. I was really impressed with Jared in this episode. I think this has been his best one so far. Mm-hmm. But in particular, I think the chemistry uh, with Meg, that character, is yes. so good. And I think this is the first time that he's had really good chemistry with any of the other actors who aren't Jensen. Yes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I kept thinking about, like, what other characters has, like, Sam connected to besides Dean? Yeah. Um, he had a lot of stuff with the girl and the hook man. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The hook man girl. But their chemistry was horrible. I agree. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. She was just, like, having a fit and, like, and he's just like, okay, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, like, their whole thing was, like, kind of a symbolism for their grief mm, together right. and guilt. So, like, yeah. Meg felt like a real person. Yeah. Which is cool, too, because she was playing someone pretending to be someone else. Yeah. She did a good job. She did. She mm-hmm. did a really good job. And I think there there's something about, like, the perfect amount of sustained eye contact. Mm-hmm. And, like, it really felt like they were having a conversation, even though, obviously, yeah. they're acting. Yes. I will say too, what I liked about Jensen's Ackle, Jensen Ackles acting. Jensen's Jackting. <laughs> Jensen's Jackting was <laughs> that um, I felt like he was very like between the lines in this episode, very mm. visual. Yeah, acting. it was very subtle. Yeah, it was kind of the opposite of where he is in some episodes. Yeah, yeah he can he can do he can do both. He can be really intense, but mm-hmm. he can also be peaks and valleys sam (laughs) (laughs) oh so after this scene dean goes back to get some more information about the murder that had recently happened or was it the year before it was the year before the year that is correct it was the year before and hillary clinton and her husband Mm -hmm. very eerily like oh we don't we don't remember that yeah yeah like oh who's that Mm, never heard of her (laughs) i don't know her who's miss fence they're like who's that get out (laughs) it's just this switch yeah and then there and then of course their niece not being able to read a room is like oh yeah we we remember him (laughs) so they're like Emily, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> with Emily, though, um, her jacket, her cardigan really brought me back with like the big wooden. Oh, yeah. 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 The the little um, the little hook and the big wood buttons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To Toggle. Those. Is that what that's called? I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. We, I mean, we know what we mean. <laughs> and I hate that they put her in that outfit, too, because like it's so frumpy and she's mm. just yes. so pretty oh my god oh i like that they put her in that outfit because i think it represents how she's like um so naive and so Mm. like controlled by her aunt and Mm. uncle yeah that makes sense i also like that once again she's like a beautiful single woman and dean is just not interested despite the narrative that they keep pushing about him being i thought she was in like high school though i I didn't I know. Get that. I'm pretty sure she was older. Oh, really? I yeah. thought she was like in high school. Especially like I think he didn't really have any chemistry towards her. I think no. she kind of had a little mm-hmm. bit Maybe. of like yeah. flirty eyes. But towards she, him. 
I mean, she lives in the middle of nowhere. True. And he's a handsome stranger with a nice car. (laughs) Yes. Very true. That's all you need. But yeah. And I'll come back to that later because I have even more thoughts about the lack of chemistry there. Yes. Last bit of fashion. I brought it up a little bit earlier. Am I seriously the only one who noticed how big Dean's pants were? I'm going to bring it up one last I time. Notice. I didn't notice. There was one scene, His the bottom of his jeans completely cover his shoes. Like straight up <laughs> bell bottoms. That's usually Sam. I'm surprised. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I wonder how the belt industry is doing. <laughs> I remember those were the only way to hold those pants up yeah. back in the day. Jeez. We did not wear fitted pants back then. No. <laughs> What did you think of the phone call between Sam and Dean? I thought it was moving because it's the first time we see Dean kind of back off a little and give Sam props. And Mm -hmm. Dean says that Sam's right there and Sam kind of offers himself up to and is like, well, you know, if you need help, I could help. So it's both like both of them reaching out for an olive branch, which I think it's great. It felt very realistic to me mm-hmm. yeah when, like two people are both wrong in an argument like no one's willing to say they're sorry <laughs> so they're like really doing it between words because that has been this show yeah very much thus far what i really like about it is that they're directly juxtaposing that phone call with the one with john in the yes. beginning yes and i think in conjunction with dean at the end with uh when sam saves him and emily from the scarecrow he's like that's my boy or whatever in Mm -hmm. conjunction with that and his ability to be just like i want what's best for you and i want you to do what you think that is Mm -hmm. just the unconditional love and support Mm -hmm. is really highlighting the fact that more than john is dean is Mm -hmm. a parental figure for sam and I think it's so sweet and so sad. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I think like um, we had talked about a little earlier. That's kind of how I felt the comments about Sam that Dean had made earlier kind of felt a little bit like a proud older brother yeah. are apparent to me is kind yeah. of like how I read that. Yeah. And I think also significant in this phone call is it's the first time I think that Dean acknowledges that he does not think that John is right all mm-hmm. the time. And yes. he doesn't say it outright, but he just says that he admires that Sam stands up to him. Mm-hmm. Implying yeah. that he is not able to, which then implies that there are times that he wants to. I kind of like the direction of the character growth because it does feel like Dean has a real growth moment in this Mm. episode. Mm -hmm. And then Sam's growth is more kind of coming to appreciate Dean a little bit more, Mm -hmm. which is also nice. Yeah. And he chooses Dean in the end when given the choice, when he really can do what he actually wants to do, Mm -hmm. he comes back and Again, I just, that's so wholesome to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's good that it's his own choice because I think if it was a, it was really unhealthy before when he was kind of like dragged along and uprooted. And now to see that Dean, or sorry, Sam actively makes the choice to go with Dean. Mm -hmm. It does kind of change their relationship. Yes, I completely agree. I think it's funny though how the phone call starts because you get the sense that Dean like waited until he had <laughs> done a lot of work on the case to call mm-hmm. so that he had something to call about that wasn't just like <laughs> we need to talk it out. But also there's like the undertone of mm-hmm. like wanting to prove that he can do it by himself yeah. so that Sam doesn't need to feel bad about going. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Which, like, to be fair, John had disappeared for, what, a weeks before Dean had picked up Sam? So, I mean, he had been doing on his yeah. own for a while. I, yeah. And I think, actually, I could be um, remembering incorrectly or I just read too much fan fiction, <laughs> but I feel like they had been working separately for a lot longer than that. Mm. They just hadn't... Connected. Like, they, yeah. They had, like, been in touch, but then there was a lack of being in touch, and that was what was alarming. Oh, because they make comments about there's a certain amount of days you cannot go on contact and be in trouble, but if you don't, after, yeah. Yeah. But once again, I, like, my brain is rotted. (laughs) I don't know if I'm just making that up. I mean, the show does draw parallels to it, at least, so we're probably meant to come to that conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about the monster in this episode? Yeah, let's talk about the monster. Give us some lore on this freaky scarecrow, Allie. This scarecrow was really interesting to me um, because he's kind of like the usual American burlap sack stuffed with like straw and hay um, mm-hmm. standing up on like almost the cross. Yeah, he may have had he, he may as well have had like fucking crows on yeah. his head or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but he also has the skin of the humans that he kills. Because he had the tattoo as an arm? Yes, yes. Which so, is what tips him off. Yeah. And they say he's, they say in it Vayner. I think it's Veneer. Veneer is a group of Norse gods. Yeah, it's like, it's sort of like a classification yeah. of angels, isn't it? It's well, similar to that. In the show, I think they re- refer to the pagan god as a Veneer rather than, call- I mean, sorry, oh, as th- a Vayner. <laughs> rather than calling him Vayner. Oh, I thought they said Vayner. Yeah, but that makes sense because it's one of the two types of Norse gods. And it was the enemy of the opposite, which is the Azir. And Freyr and Freya are examples of the Va- yeah. Vanir. But they're connected to humans and like um, what humans came from. And also fertility, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And their symbols uh, like gold, brown, green, earth, good weather, boats... Um, celebration, physical pleasure, and blood sacrifice. Of course. Mm-hmm. So all these positives, and it just ends with that. Um, that's really the only connection. There's not so much to go on. But scarecrows, I learned so much about. Tell me more. Scarecrows have been around for over 3,000 years. And I think they are wrong, because I think it's over 5,000. Because... Um, Egyptians used them around the Nile. They wanted ones that were ugly enough to scare away birds. Mm -hmm. It was really about making things ugly. And in 2500 BC, Greeks carved wooden ones with the image of Priapus, who was Dionysus and Aphrodite's son. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So it goes back so far. Um, And even sometimes in Japan in the same time period, they were dressed in raincoats and hats. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Germany, they resembled witches. So going along with this like ugly, like monstrous mm-hmm, look. Mm-hmm. In medieval Britain, instead, they just used young kids and had them run around yelling at <laughs> Hey, useful. you got to keep those kids busy. <laughs> Which to me, I think of like how you had to like work as soon as you could walk. Right. So that's probably a bunch of toddlers just t- chasing birds in the fields. <laughs> Which hey. is more scary. Um, but then the Germans came here and they brought with them, um, the idea of scarecrows and they used straw and clothes to make them and they called them bootsman, which ended up becoming boogeyman. So interesting. I didn't know that those cross over. Very interesting. We love it. We love the layers. <laughs> they scared away the birds, but then the harvest would be eaten by the bugs that the birds were going to eat. Oh. So it's like catch 22. Nothing really worked. Mm. Um, And these were 
everywhere during the Great Depression, but then World War II came around and we discovered DDT. Ho-ho! Which now we know is not great, but they're like, why don't we just spray all our fields with these chemicals? Then we don't Why don't we first. just poison everything? everything. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, and this was even a Native American culture in Virginia and Carolinas. They had men who would sit there and throw stones at birds, and they used to, like, have poison food. But then specifically the Zuni... They had lines of cedar poles strung with cords and animal skins. Oh. So it was weird to Interesting. Me that they bring in the skin in this one. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's a weird parallel. Um, and I did want to recognize because they say like, oh, we don't have legends here. Native American culture is just as important. So I know they often. Especially in yeah. Indiana. Yeah. 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 That's something that rubbed me the wrong way about yeah. that scene, too. Like, the idea that there was just nothing there until <laughs> white people showed up, which is such a pervasive myth that, like, yes. the government has yeah. been pushing over down over. everyone's throats since, like, the 1600s. Yeah. So, I guess you can't mm-hmm. be surprised, but it's still, like, come on. It still sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I looked into why they're scary. Um, there are a few different ideas, and then I have my own theory. So it's like an effigy, which people have made forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that kind of like human-like, but not enough ah, to be Uncanny real. Valley. Yes, yeah. exactly. There's the, also the power of creating human, like that scene mm. has a negative and who has the power to create a human being. Oh, yeah. Like some fucking uh, Dr. Frankenstein yeah. shit. Exactly. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. And it's also a relic of the past um, because we don't use them anymore. So it's even more scary now. Yes. Um, right. It's like a corpse. There are times in recent history where they have been mistaken for dead bodies. Oh, fun. Um, and they're ugly or not right. But do you want to hear my theory? Yes. Okay. This is anti-communist propaganda. Scarecrows? This episode. <laughs> because uh-huh. he has a sickle. Oh, like shit. Like the hammer and sickle. The common good. And they are working for the common good. Uh-huh. And it's these people who have all decided that they will work together to preserve their community. Yeah. And so I think this is anti-communist propaganda. Oh, fuck. And I can add You're on right. to that because... The real monster is people all along, but the people in power refuse to sacrifice themselves. Oh, shit. When it, like, came to it. Was also real people all along, because the Scarecrow was made of stacks of real people. (laughs) So. God, Allie, you're so right. (laughs) You're mine. Well, it's funny, because I don't believe it, but I just love that stretch of, like. No, that's not a stretch at all. It definitely could be. That's not a stretch at all, mm-hmm. especially because I think um, there's there's this idea of communist cultures mm-hmm. being more agrarian. Yes. Yeah, especially because most of the ideas that we have about communism come from outdated ideas about the Soviet Union. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And nowhere that's actually God. been communist. Because there's always that fear of the past, but I'm well, like, they, at the end, political. they're like, this is going to destroy the town because yeah. it destroys the economy. Mm-hmm. Because the whole thing was about the economy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Allie. Yeah. Just fucking blow well, and my then mind. So, like, make the comment that that's okay, that'll be their punishment. So then it kind of should, like, they refer to that the town may have possibly been in on it, which they don't refer to in the Mm -hmm. rest of the episode. So that's kind of bad storytelling, but... But the sheriff, and with them, even um, the... No, Jordan, I think, means the... 
the townspeople mm. at large, not just like yeah, the Dina's cabal. Sam specifically referred oh. to the townspeople are going to suffer. And yeah. then Sam makes a comment. That'll be their punishment. Yeah. Yeah. So actually it was Dean. That said Dean that. makes that comment. Yes. I actually have a follow up about these economic and worker issues, mm-hmm. which is that they take the time to highlight the bus station worker oh. earlier in the episode. And I'm sure it has nothing to do with the anti-communist overtones. <laughs> but I got to say, I was so mad at Sam in that moment, mm-hmm. like pestering that woman. And she's like, yeah, there is another way to get there. Buy a car. I was like, go off, queen. Yeah. I'm, I love that moment. And he's just like, Ugh. Yeah, let me just leave. create a bus for you. Right. I Like, literally, dude, like, leave low-income workers alone. Yeah. But it's interesting to think about mm-hmm. in the context of this whole, like, communal thing. And then she's working for an independent business and she's miserable. Are we supposed to assume that it was within Birkenstock or whatever <laughs> it is? Still? Birkenstock, Indiana? No, I think it was like a couple towns over because if you recall, he had to steal a car to get back in correct. any that amount of time. Correct. Yes. Yeah, no. I think that was just... I think it was just to be silly yeah. and to have like an interaction that explains like the bus being late. Yeah. But... It's just, it's still, you know, it's interesting to think about. I have a connection with that in fascism, which is what oh my God. a lot of communism actually is in practicality. Um, Mussolini, they say Mussolini, like, yeah, he was a terrible guy. He did all those things, but at least he made the trains and buses run on time. Oh! <laughs> wow, that kind of blew my mind. <laughs> Maybe this writer's room is smarter in season one than we had given them credit for previously. What we just need to fuck? look real deep. Wow. Okay, I will say though, that's also propaganda, the thing about Mussolini, because that was just factually untrue when he was I thought it was true. No. Because before then, the tr- like the trains would have like forty minute waits for a lot of them. No, it's factually untrue. He he did not actually improve them. Are you sure? Yes. Because I disagree. Well, as someone with a degree in Italian. Either way. If anyone in the comments has more information on this, let us know. If you're from Italy, we do have a listener. Yeah, we do have a listener from Italy. This is your time to shine, Italy listener. Because he did two good things, which was run on time and preserve ancient architecture. Well, let's not get pro Mussolini in (laughs) here. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's. Good points. <laughs> Let's move this this little uh, discussion bus right along. <laughs> oh, so this time when he when Dean goes to the college, yeah, there was a purpose and an intent, but there they still make a comment that this is not the first time we've seen this. So he goes Ooh. to the college and he's asking about the Vayner um, <laughs> to the the professor, and then he makes a comment. It's like to kill a Vayner then would you light the tree on fire and he's like this is all just make believe and I'm like obviously it's make believe but this is your job like that's part of the folklore right. isn't that crazy to ask 
And I had a medieval studies teacher for one of my classes. Yeah. I took a history of witchcraft and she was like, no. And then this time they believed that you had to like drain rodents blood. And that's what you forged the sword in. Like they're all yeah, about he that wasn't, shit. He wasn't a very convincing PhD like, <laughs> like folklorist. They're waiting for someone to ask that question. Yeah. They're like sitting in their office like, oh my God, I wish someone would ask me about this <laughs> so I can tell them like the hours and hours of information that mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Fun fact about that actor, he is actually, uh, he plays the cigarette smoking man in The X-Files. Oh. The actor who plays the professor. Um, Interesting. His name is William B. Davis. William B. Davis. Mm-hmm. We like you better as a cigarette smoker than a professor. Yeah, much, <laughs> much better job in The X-Files. I was not convinced in this. Although I will say it's clearly a writing issue yes. and not an actor issue in yeah, this case. And, and plus, like, this time it makes sense because he was in on the whole yeah. murder. So that's when the cop came and, of course, tries to ruin everything like they do in right. life and this show. Oh, I have something about the cop. So I think it's really interesting during that scene where Dean and Emily are being tied to the trees mm-hmm. in the orchard, and Dean is, like, going off about, like, oh, you hit all the bodies and did all this, blah, 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 even if you didn't kill them. The camera is focused specifically on the cop. Yeah, that's And even right. though, so, like, you understand contextually mm-hmm. that he's talking about all of them, but the way it's focused on the cop himself really feels like there's some additional point being made about mm. um, law enforcement being corrupt, which is in line with Dean's whole perception mm-hmm. of cops in general. Yeah, that scene where Dean gets walked away by the cop felt mm. a little unnecessary. Am I the only one who thought that? Walked away. So when he's um kind of like, he's not actually harassing, but when he's talking to the, trying to save the lives of the two people. Oh, yeah. you mean much earlier when he's like in the diner or whatever. Yeah, and then the cop comes and escorts Dean off premises. We don't get, like, another scene. Right. It just was very... Mm-hmm. Like, they could have had that same scene and just not had the cop in it. And then the couple just being like, we're just trying to eat our food and then refusing to acknowledge him. And it would have had the same impact. I think it was to start showing that it's, like, a community yeah, thing. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Like, to show that all of the community leaders are involved in this. Yeah, it reminds me of Happy Town. Oh, the podcast? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. There was this show that was like, the whole town was in on it. It was canceled after 10 episodes. But oh. It was like the best thing I've seen. Mm. Yeah. I was thinking Sorry. it reminds me of Hot Fuzz. Yes. <laughs> so since we've sort of got back around to the sacrifice itself, would y'all like to hear my thoughts about Dean and Emily and the whole fertility sacrifice yes. element? Yes. So we've already talked about how, like, there really isn't anything going on between them, which, you know, undercuts the sort of character thing we're meant to understand about Dean, but isn't held up by the writing. It's not about that, actually. It's about the fact that they're not a couple in any way. Yeah. All of the previous sacrifices have been couples, right? 
And so when the scarecrow shows up, I think it's not just the fact that it's like closer to the aunt and uncle. I think Mm -hmm. they were never in any danger from the scarecrow because they weren't a couple at all. There's no like sexual or romantic anything going on between them. So when the monster does arrive, it immediately goes for um, the aunt and uncle. Yeah, the aunt and uncle who are there as instead of the two of them. No, that totally makes sense. Because, I mean, he's a big-ass motherfucker. Like, he could have pushed through them to get to the other two if he wanted. And I think there was, you know, sort of this illusion of, um, like, it has to be, like, youth is, like, the big factor here. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Um, I think that's a big part. Also, this show puts a lot of emphasis on karmic payback, Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And, like, I kind of got that a little bit as well. Like, in this, you pay for your sins. <laughs> yeah. For sure. It was interesting to me because I thought the reason they sacrificed the niece was they couldn't because they weren't young and fertile. Like, I yeah. thought it was, yeah, it had to be that ritual. So it was interesting to me that immediately the scarecrow goes to them. Because it ties into the communist propaganda. <laughs> they were the ones in power making all this happen. I did look up the Mussolini thing. Yes. So what happened during the time period, people, like, credit it to him, and it was partial. But the main thing was um, they built central lines and expanded the infrastructure of trains. And so that caused people to be able to travel more efficiently. But it doesn't make fascism good. I'm yeah please don't think i'm like pro mussolini okay okay um i did like that scene though that was a fun Mm -hmm. action scene yeah it is it is it's fun i like the surprise of the um the sickle through his body yeah and then he drags him like Mm -hmm. just completely drags him off and they're just kind of cool with it which i like that is one thing i like about sam and dean is like if you deserve it they they're not gonna like the cop who got drowned they were not going to jump in after him and try oh, and save no. him from the ghost. They're like, eh, okay. Yeah. This is <laughs> like, how we solve this. As much as they're like, we save people. They're very morally gray. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially Sam, I think. Yes. I feel like they're chaotic good. They have what their idea of good is. And yeah. they work towards yeah. that. But how they get it is up totally to them. Good. Yeah. And then in that same mm-hmm. scene when they go back. That tree looked like straight up fucking plastic. <laughs> it yes. did. It was so Ugh. bad. Yeah, it was. It was really bad. And mm-hmm. paired with the goblet in the final scene, which I don't want to talk about at length right now, but it just looks like some of the shit in this episode came from mm-hmm. a fucking spirit oh. Halloween. You know, mm-hmm. it was just very like, come on. Like foam on the inside, probably. Yeah, or like, you know, it's like hard plastic, but painted to look like it's weathered. Yeah, and you know, this is season one. You don't have the budget. We get it. I really like the like pro, uh, the like American like conversation towards the end of this part. uh, Which? He's like, I hope your apple pie is worth it. And then the like mega bus basically is called the American Freedom Coach Lines, and it's specifically going to Boston. <laughs> so I feel like the end was just America, America, wow, America. You, we just keep drawing parallels. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. Also, it's kind of funny that they chose Indiana to be like the communist little mm-hmm. hub because I, they would hate that. I think it's just like because it's so isolated yes. in the middle of nowhere. I I just learned less than a decade ago that Indiana is not on the east side. I thought Indiana was closer. I thought Indiana was like Pennsylvania. 
No. <laughs> so Public <I> education. <laughs> so you know, all of our... I bet, like, our foreign listeners just listen and they're like, ugh, American schooling, especially when it comes to geography. Yeah. It's because America's Mine all that exists. Mine isn't that bad. Okay, but I had to learn. I'm just stupid. Like, I'm just dumb. Allie, no. <laughs> Stop it. I love... um that image of the very literal passing of the torch mm, that happens. Yes. And I love mm. how it is subverted by her using it as a destructive force mm-hmm. instead of a force to uphold structures. Yes. It's very cool. Yeah. Before I thought of this as communism, I thought of it as generational divide and the fear from older generations of change and like moving to cities, but then also the fear of younger generations of like the traditional, the um, like countryside and keeping things static. I think that that reading exists simultaneously. Oh, yeah. I, I think, agree. yeah, especially because there's this sort of theme about like the fracturing of family mm-hmm. um, running through it, you know, with the divisions between the two brothers them and their dad um you know the aunt and the uncle and the Mm -hmm. niece you know it's all there the random hot girl who's just happens to be going through the exact same thing yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but you know she is and if if we want maybe do we want to talk about meg's final scene now she is also mirroring that first scene with the phone call again Mm. right at the end she's calling her father Mm -hmm. she says father and you know throughout the episode she's been kind of mirroring this sort of sam reaction to family stuff but then in the end, we see that she is actually more of a obedient child. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. do what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's super cool. Yeah, because we don't even get to hear the father's side. And she is immediately like, why am I doing this? And then her next line is, okay, I understand. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, and she good. says, quote unquote, yes, father. Yeah. yeah. Specifically. Which sounds a lot like the yes, sir mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yeah, that was a really cool full circle moment. Definitely, in my opinion, the best writing so far in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cup. The cup. I am so, I'm a, I love it. I you don't like know if you the hate cup? It. I yeah. love it. Do you hate it? I love it. It's like, oh, like it's we so talk about good. Spirit Halloween. Like, that is Spirit Halloween. But I love that if you're going to do blood sacrifices, like, do it out of a cup of screaming faces. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The design, cool. I just... It's just so... The CGI as well. The CGI so is bad. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Like straight That's from bad. 1997 bad. Yeah. Looked like there were loose tea leaves in the cup when it started. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, I was like, are we supposed to be seeing like a hell pit or something? It just... Yeah. It just seemed unnecessary. Yes. You could just show her swirling her finger and then cut the camera away. Especially an episode that's so concentrated on like the more physical effects. To then have CGI in the yeah, cup, that was, it just stands out. Yeah, it was episode. it was unnecessary. Yeah. And oh, speaking of like practical effects, I thought the practical effects on the um the throat slitting were really really good mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just like why, like clearly. <laughs> but I will say, she slit the throat, put the cup down against his throat for a second, pulled it back, <laughs> full, and it was like half very full, full, and nothing yeah. on the side or the rim or yeah, right. It's I'm, a magical cup, but well. It's, I'm sure that's that just has to do with like editing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did like how the blood was thick too. <laughs> it was yeah, really the thick. Corn syrup. That's what they use. 
Did you guys notice that that van she was in too <gasps> had like the mural? <laughs> the wolf howling at the moon. I love that oh, shit. God. Give me that fucking three wolf moon ass campy as fuck. It's always been my dream to have like that janitorial style van, but with like mm. a big wizard on the side. Yes. Like, yes. We had that style <laughs> van growing up. Like that was our first family car. Oh, shut up. And no way. I am so mad. I argued with my parents for ages because they wouldn't paint it like Scooby-Doo. That's rude. I'm still rude upset. Of them. How did she keep finding dudes specifically with those like creeper vans though? I mean, it's that- the Midwest. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, that, that part I find the most believable. Yeah. <laughs> Are we ready to talk about the final scene between yes. Dean and Sam? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so cute. It was. Yeah, so pure. Mm-hmm. I love that Dean was trying really hard not to be like presumptuous mm-hmm. about Sam's plans. Plus, I really like, too, Sam was really opening up mm-hmm. to Dean and talking about, like, you know, you're all I have. We're in this together. And then, like, this might have just been good acting on Jensen's part, or he just might have naturally glossy eyes, but it looked like he was really feeling it. It looked like he was about to cry, and then he ruins it with a joke. It was such a Dean moment. Yeah, I think it was just, you know, I don't want to admit that this is the outcome that I wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and to me it feels like it's the first time we see Dean trepidatious about what he's going to say. Mm -hmm. Like, usually he has an automatic response, and here he's clearly putting intention in what he's saying to Sam because he knows it might affect Sam some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good scene. Mm -hmm. Great way to end the episode. Yep, Burkittsville, Indiana, where the price of pie is you have to die. (laughs) 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 Oh, y'all's minds today. That's perfect. I definitely didn't write that down an hour ago. (laughs) No one has to know that. (laughs) Do we got any good fan fiction? Are we ready for that? Yeah, um... I opened it in advance a second ago, and I literally had to cover my mouth because of the shock. Jasper was, like, cowering, trying not to laugh. That's great. I, so when I looked these up um, to highlight, they're not really, you know, based on anything I've read or anything that I would legitimately recommend to someone, although, like... <clears throat> Whatever you like, you like. I I really just try and find things that are connected in some way to the story mm-hmm. um, or like thematic elements or the monster or whatever. And so this one, I can tell from the summary that I searched hitchhiking <laughs> as one of the tags. And I must have just had a really hard time because this is ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. (laughs) So this fic is called Give Me All or Nothing, parentheses, because all I want to do is make love with you, close parentheses. (laughs) It's by Ariel Sakura, and it's actually relatively recent. Mm -hmm. This is from 2019. Oh. And it's incredibly popular, too. Um, This has over 20,000 hits. Wow. Damn. Let me me read this summary for you. If I can catch my breath. <laughs> oh, okay. Summary. <laughs> Jasper. Jasper spit air so hard that there 
little mic thing behind their mic just collapsed. I can't do this. Okay. Get it together, Jasper. I can read it with a straight face if you want. No, I have to do this. This is my special little thing. We'll look away. It's not you. It's not you. It's It's, me. It's Miss Ariel. My heart is pounding from being out of breath. (laughs) Harry picks up a stranded Dean off the side of the road. They find themselves drawn to each other for a magical one-night stand. Four years later, Harry runs into Dean, and Dean sees the consequences of that night. Um... This is a Harry Potter and Supernatural crossover <laughs> fan fiction. Oh, but Inuyasha was too much. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is Harry? <laughs> I Harry Styles. I mean, on this website, on AO3. Probably. <laughs> um, this is a Harry Potter slash Dean Winchester fic. <laughs> it also features Ron, Hermione, and also Sam. <sighs> Christ. Okay, here are the additional tags. <clears throat> Inspired by music, which I believe to be in reference to the title. Implied Mpreg. Hitchhiking. There's the one that I had searched for. <laughs> Unplanned pregnancy. Getting together. Shameless smut. Accidental plot. It wasn't supposed to be this long. Bottom Harry. Top Dean Winchester. Cute kids. Tooth rotting fluff. And you know what? That's how you can really tell that I was scraping at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> because I selected something where Dean is a top. <laughs> wow. I love though all I'm picturing is Harry Potter in that van with the wolf sowling at the moon and yes. for some reason it fits so well. Yes. <laughs> and that's where they fuck too. Oh, oh my oh, god. <laughs> Are, when you open the back van door, are there beads? Oh, obviously. <laughs> so let me just get this straight. This is a fanfic about Dean Winchester having a one-night stand with Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. Getting him pregnant. Yes. In a van. I don't know if it's in the van. I It's I, the wolf van. It has to be. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's the wolf van. Pro- I mean, probably. Oh, my God. A magical one night stand, Jordan. Wow. <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I find this whole thing to be cursed, and I can't believe past me did this to me. I'm just so fascinated at how people's minds work. I really think yeah. it's so interesting and creative in a way I could never be. Oh, n- yeah, no. I could never think of anything like that. I would be like, those don't make any sense together. Yeah. And you know what is the crazy thing? It's so popular. The prose has to be convincing. Yeah. I, I didn't even sample because I am put off by Mpreg. I will say that right now. <laughs> but, I mean, if you cross over like supernatural end of the world shit and Harry Potter, why not? Like usually I'm not, but it's throw it just, in there. You know how we were talking Uncanny Valley? Yeah. Early, I, I feel it's like that same kind of discomfort. Mm. I, I'm just like, that's not right. That's it's not fair. supposed to be that way. The only Mpreg I will accept mm-hmm. is like trans men yeah. Mpreg. Like because that that is real and that exists. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't skeeve me out the way yeah. magical Mpreg Omegaverse stuff just, does. Being well, pregnant fucking terrifies me. Who wants to write about? Well, especially like for me too, because I get what they're going for with like the whole mm-hmm. Mpreg thing. Um, you do? 
so not <laughs> not okay so my thing is is what they're wanting is that it's putting two men in like a parental motherly role but you're totally missing like a three men and a baby moment if you do mm. in which i think is a much better route to go yeah yeah and let's support people who adopt and foster like true it show different types of families mm-hmm. i mean this is certainly a different type of family not that i'm gonna tell literally anyone what to do ever don't listen to me my life's a mess what but... do you guys think about pairing harry potter with dean winchester for me i was like i don't know if i'd put him with harry if i had to pair him with someone in the hp universe. they both feel like reckless bisexuals though i mean dean is a reckless bisexual yes. Okay, so here's my thing with Harry Potter. For one, Harry Potter, I think, is actually about the same age as Dean. I think he was supposed mm, to be born in the early mm-hmm. 80s. Yeah. But we've still only ever seen him as a child. In any <laughs> <laughs> That's that a really like, good point. Holy crap. me out. <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I mean, I guess we get a little bit of them in, like, the J.K. Rowling's own little fan oh. fiction at the end of the last Yeah, book, we don't, we don't. Doesn't count. We don't speak of that. So no. much of Harry Potter fanfic has the tag, like, <laughs> epilogue, what epilogue? Um, yeah, I, that is a good point, Jordan. And I'm upset that I didn't think of that. Well, and what's actually sad, too, is when you, I'm sure when most people think of Harry Potter, they immediately see, like, Daniel Radcliffe in their head. <laughs> yeah. But my mind goes to, like, the artwork of the first book when he's right. like, this weird stick figure on a broom, like, <laughs> so. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I, I imagine, actually, specifically for some reason, the cover art for uh, Goblet of Fire. Yeah. I don't know why that one in particular, <laughs> but... Um, anyway, even if I force the image of Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. into my head, it just doesn't feel right. Okay, what doesn't feel right is the fact that he is shorter in real life than the guy who plays Frodo. And my mind can't wrap around that. There too is a short. Picture of, too short. Too short. Well, there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> There's your Harry Potter, Dean Winchester dreams. Inuyasha x Dean Winchester coming next episode. Inuyasha. Oh, you sweet summer child. Anyway, <laughs> let's read the episode. <laughs> what do you think, mm-hmm. Jordan? Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a 4.5 out of 5 apple pie in the skies. Apple, um, apple pies in the sky. Apple pie in the sky. Because <laughs> I had high hopes. And it delivered. I think it honestly was the best episode since the very first episode, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to give it five out of five um, sickles. Because I think it's just so fun. And it has story, a story arc. And this, I think, is one of the highlights of the first season. I agree, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it four and a half out of five hammers to match Allie's sickles. Mm -hmm. I feel basically the same as both of y'all. I think it's been the best episode so far. And Mm -hmm. the only reason I don't give it a five is because I think there's an episode of this season that is even better. And I don't want to put them on the same level. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Hear opinions about that episode and find out which one it is. (laughs) Okay, Jordan, what do you think is going to happen next time? Mm. Ooh, this, this, now we kind of have something to go off of. Yeah. Because we got Miss Swirly Bloodfinger Lady, Meg. Miss Meg. Meg. Um, so I'm going to think, I think that she 
is a cultist. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna we're gonna get some cultists, some Cthulian S not Cthulian, that'd be too cool. <laughs> Jordan You're Jordan is us. coming for Eric Eric Kripke. He's like, I know this bitch. <laughs> I think we're going to start to get more of, like this episode, we had the people as bad guys. Mm-hmm. I think next episode, we're going to get a little bit more of that. We're getting like a demon worshiping mm-hmm. cult that's going to start mm. putting some seeds in some I places. love, I love this prediction. Like Dean put his seed in Stop! places. Uh, we all, no! Especially Miss Ariel Sakura, MD. We all know that Dean is a bottom. We talked about this mm-hmm. in the beginning of the episode. So Harry Potter would have implanted his seed. No! <laughs> and, Dean, and Dean would have gotten No! <laughs> he would have gotten some prego for his no. goo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Special sauce. No. That's enough. I'm cutting this short. <laughs> Jesus. I apologize for nothing. I don't. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural. Contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Ford City, Nebraska. Bye. 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 Go. <laughs>